Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Damask Leary. And I'm Broderick Gordis. Let's get to it, Shimmy Jimmy. Wow! Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. When I said do something fresh and different, that wasn't exactly what I was talking about. Sure, let's go with it. No, what did you want? No, that'll do. That's fine. That's <laughs> it. Let's go with that. Uh, news in fuller. Nothing. Guy, I have a Google alert set up for him now. He's just doing nothing. Literally an article about like the history of the Fullers in some random county in the US came up Ooh. for Brian Fuller. This was it point. interesting? No, I didn't look into it too well, deep. Well, maybe you should have. Maybe I should have. Maybe there was more in there than I gave it credit for. <laughs> and lots of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 stuff, which he's not even involved in anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get to some headlines. Kidding. There's a Jim Carrey and Michelle Gondry series on Showtime that we've done a review for Season 1. We have. Is returning to Showtime for Season 2 on November 3rd. There is also a trailer available if you're interested in mm-hmm. that. Are you looking forward to that, Damask? I am. I really am. You I watched... gave Season 1 a 5 out of 5 well, stars. Well, it's a good season. It and I watched good. the trailer and I am excited. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm into it. Uh, did I you love pick Jim up? Carrey. Did you pick up on any? Not to spoil things, did you pick up on any like resolutions about the end of Season 1? Season 1 ends on a bit of a sort of a cliffhanger. No, I didn't. Uh, there's some stuff in there if you okay. look closely. Maybe don't look at it if you don't want to be spoiled. But okay, it does. It's so, nice to know that my memory is so terrible, I can't be spoiled. <laughs> That's good. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale has mm. been renewed by Hulu for a fourth season. It's about to come to the end of its third season, I think, to mo- this week anyway, mm. uh, which we'll be reviewing uh, very, very soon. Um, so that's coming back for a fourth season. It's worth also noting that the original series is based on the Margaret Atwood book, mm-hmm. correct? A sequel book by Margaret Atwood, uh, The Testaments, is to be published in September of this year. So that's coming out pretty soon too. Interesting. Interesting, especially with a TV show that's sort of like, you know, expanding upon that original story already um, without her involvement. That will be interesting. Good for her. Cash those checks, Margaret. Absolutely. Uh, 13 Reasons Why, which we just discussed in the last Off Topic Hot Topic, has been renewed by Netflix for a fourth and final season. I think a few people are singing hallelujah about that. <laughs> uh, third season trailer is out as well. Atlanta, the mm. uh, Donald Glover uh, FX series, has been renewed for a third and fourth season. Mm. I like the way you said FX then, by the way. FX. FX. You really got into it. I liked it. But no, that's great news. I'm very excited to see It that. is great news. because Such when- a cool show. When- it's just so interesting and unlike anything else. Exactly. When season two ended, we didn't know if there was necessarily... Going to be a third mm. season. We figured it was likely, but Don Glover is one of those guys who sort of like comes and goes and moves yeah. between projects. If he's done with the project, he's done with it. And it, yeah. So this is pretty exciting. Apparently, mm-hmm. season three and four will both go into production at the same time and will consist of eight episodes each. Uh, Ryan Murphy's American Crime Stories to return for a third season on FX titled Impeachment. Mm. So we reviewed the first two seasons, the O.J. Simpson, People vs. O.J. Simpson, mm-hmm. and also... Gianni Versace. The assassination of Gianni Versace, correct. I don't blame you for not remembering. Yes, long titles. 
Uh, this one has been long rumored to be in production. There was talk of a season about Hurricane Katrina that mm-hmm. seems to have dissolved now. But then there was talk of basing a season on a book of which I can't remember the name of the book uh, about the Bill Clinton impeachment and the scandal involving Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. Basically, there was a lot of uh, suggestions that that book might not have been the best source to mm. build that season out of. And that if they wanted to do it, they should do it with Lewinsky's involvement. And she is going to be involved. Yay. She is going to be a producer on impeachment. Um, we also know that uh, Lewinsky, we played in the, sh- in the show by Beanie Feldstein, who we've seen recently Booksmart. in Booksmart. So good. Alongside Sarah Paulson, who seems to always be Amazing. there. As Linda Tripp. Uh, it she all- should be in everything. Well, so. she's in everything Makes sense. that Ryan Murphy's doing, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh it already has a premiere date of Sunday, September 27th, 2020, about two months before the next US presidential, presidential election, which is cause, getting some heat for like its timing. Mm. Um, presumably because it's obviously going to put a lot of, it's gonna be a lot of criticism of the Clintons mm-hmm. and therefore Democrats at a time when the country is trying to decide who their next president's going to be for the next four years anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see that, but also the same thing. I think it's going to be speaking to something larger, which is like if we're going to talk about men in power taking advantage of women mm. and of political process, I think that applies to both sides pretty fucking fairly. True, but at a time when people are slinging shit in each other mm. and like trying to use anything yeah, they can. Yeah, you're right. This um this TV show, is fun. it's going to really open up people attacking the Clintons, which isn't happening every day on <laughs> fucking Twitter. Hashtag You can't Clintons. make it. Those people hate the Clintons, yeah, full stop. This, you can't fuel that fire. It's done. <laughs> yep. Uh, Will and Grace to end again in 2020. There you go, for people who care about that. Deja vu. And Netflix cancels The OA after two seasons. Did you ever see The OA? No, I didn't. I didn't either. Uh, people who watch the show apparently love it. Mm. It sounds like it's Coco, Bananas, Batshit Crazy. Yeah. Um, it. Britt Marling, I think, is she's the main actress in it and also one of the creatives behind it. And for its insanity, without me going into it because I haven't watched the show... Um, there was a really big following or, or cult-like fan base around it who are really upset it's gone to the point where this is how crazy the show is. Mm. The way that Susan season two ends, which I will not spoil, but I have read bef- on, mm. people are suggesting this cancellation is actually a marketing ploy for a sort of like uh, backdoor third season, like... It's hard to explain without getting okay. into it, but there are a lot of fan theories about how I like this that theory. It's cancellation very is all a smokescreen mm. for a real season three that may even already been filmed or is will come in the future, sort Some of thing. Sort of like deep state, but about like TV production. I mm. love it. It's interesting. If something comes of it, we'll definitely talk about it. And mm-hmm. honestly, if something comes of it, I'm probably more interested to watch the OA because that's starting to sound pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, David Benioff and DB Weiss, our favorite showrunners from uh, Game of Thrones, have signed a nine-figure overall film TV deal with Netflix. Nine-figure. Nine-figure. That's wait, wait, something who's, in who's... the hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, so that's just what it's it's worth. They're not getting that money. The rumor is it's a two hundred million dollar deal split between them, meaning that's what they're getting. Oh my god! Like personally, like their personal bank account. I don't know exactly how it works, but something along those lines. Yes. Well, that is a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but this is what Netflix have been doing. Ryan Murphy, for instance, or um, 
uh, Martin Scorsese and so forth. They're throwing money at them to make their bring their mm. content to Netflix, make them essential, right? Uh, assume, we assume they want uh, Benioff and Weiss to create the next like must-watch television show for mm. them after Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not super happy about this. They've already got Star Wars and I do not trust them with that for a second. Mm. They've got a trilogy they're making over there yeah. at Lucasfilm and Disney. And now making content for Netflix too. I don't think Netflix really read the room on that one. <laughs> I just like, you know, it's a lot of money to throw at them. Um, I can't wait for their Netflix's prices to go way up. That's going to be interesting. To the point that like streaming services become so unaffordable that we all just start being pirates again. That's exactly what could happen though. Yeah. Like we, that's that's legitimately a, a, pro, a possibility. We here. all joined because it made so much sense. You only pay like a small fee, huge amount of content, incredible. And now they're just like getting quite big for their britches. All right, moving on, more headlines. Amazon boards Simon Pegg, Nick Frost series, Truth Seekers. I'm going to read a little bit of this article Mm -hmm. or just go through some of the uh, highlights here. This comes from Stuart Clark at Variety, the original article. This Truth Seekers is a comedy horror series about paranormal investigators co-starring and co-written by the pair. Gus, played by Frost, and Dave, played by Pegg, are a ghost-hunting duo who team up to uncover and film paranormal sightings across the UK uh, they stake out haunted churches, underground bunkers, and abandoned hospitals using an array of homemade ghost-detecting gizmos and share their adventures on an online channel. Their supernatural experiences grow more frequent, terrifying, and even deadly as the pair begin to uncover a conspiracy that could threaten the entire human race. How's oh that sound? Just straight I off mean, the just like those two guys. I mean, I'll definitely check it out no matter what. Um, apparently, this stage will have eight installments. We assume this is the first season of potentially more, but who knows? Maybe it's just a one-off. Mm-hmm. Running to about half an hour and a piece. Production starts in September. Um, for me, yeah, it's the same thing. It's exciting because I love these guys in the Cornetto Trilogy films, but also, as far as I'm aware, they haven't worked on a TV project since Spaced, mm. um, which I'd love to talk about on the show one day, actually. I still haven't watched it. You still haven't watched it? No, really? I haven't watched it. I, see, that makes me want to watch even more because... I definitely didn't come out at the time that it first aired, but not long after, sort of as Edgar mm. Wright was gaining a bit of a following. And I wonder how it's aged in a lot of ways. <laughs> not necessarily because I don't think it would be funny, mm. but because it's probably, I think it's very much of the era and maybe sort of started a trend in some ways that shows like comedian stuff are followed up on. Okay, gotcha. That probably have done it better long term, but mm-hmm. it's cool to see where this stuff sort of Ooh, builds right. from. So we'd like to get there one day. But yeah, I'm excited about that. That could be cool. Uh, that being said, the film they did without a right, Paul, I think it was, the one about the alien with Seth Rogen, mm. wasn't all that flash. So, yeah. who knows? Uh, there's a rumor going around that Tarantino is planning to release his latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, as a four-hour extended cut slash maybe a four-part miniseries on Netflix, which would include scenes deleted from the theatrical release uh, this comes from comments by uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood co-star Nicholas Hammond. This is, we bring this up because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about how he's actually done that already with The Hateful Eight. Yeah. So that's an interesting rumour that Tarantino is suddenly starting to, I don't know. He's talking about how he's going to make 10 more me- movies. Is he just transitioning to go from no more movies, just TV shows from now on? I don't know. I don't care. Oh, okay. Are you interested <laughs> in seeing what's... Because it hasn't come out here in Australia yet. It's really frustrating. No, I'm not interested in seeing it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. No, it's got Emil Hirsch in it and he can suck my dick. So no yeah, yeah. Here. Yes, this is the uh, the conundrum at the mm. moment. <laughs> uh, 
damn, I want to see that film though. I know you do. Yeah. I don't care. Yep. Uh, there was one other really big piece of news that I want to bring up with you, Damascus. I think you might be excited about. Probably not. Oh, well, I'll try you. <laughs> uh, Happy Endings reboot at ABC. There's a remote possibility. This article comes from Leslie Goldberg at The Hollywood Reporter. I'm going to quote from the article here before we get Damascus' reaction. Could Happy Endings live to see another day at ABC? According to ABC Entertainment, President Kerry Burke, maybe... I will never say never. I'm hearing whispers, Burke told The Hollywood Reporter. That is a dream of a lot of people at ABC. I'm hearing there's a remote possibility of something. It's at the very beginning stages. Burke, who replaced Channing Dungy at the helm of ABC in November, noted that Happy Endings perfectly represents the type of comedies she and new head of comedy Erin Werenberg are looking for in a bid to expand the network's family comedy brand. Family comedy? Okay. Happy Endings was certainly one of my favourite ABC shows, admitted Burke. One of the things Erin and I bonded over as a desire to do a show like Happy Endings, which led to conversations about Happy Endings, so I think she's exploring what's possible. Mm. How are you feeling about all that? Oh, well, for those that may not know, I love Happy Endings. I love it so much. It is what Community is to Broad, Happy Endings is to me. I, it's an incredible show and everyone should watch it in any way that they can. Um, if they made it again with the same cast and the same writers, I would be so fucking excited. But there's a lot of maybes and whispers and just nothing really in the article that's saying, we're doing it. So the news made me really, really happy when I saw it. But I'll wait. But uh, there's a little there's a little spark, a little twinkle in my eye. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite giddy. So that I, you bring up an interesting point there. It's like, what would it look like? Would it be the same cast? Mm. You know, all that sort of stuff. Save creative team, all that sort of thing. Because when it was first, sort of this news came out, there was this discussion of it like being like a revival. Not sorry, not even a revival, a reboot maybe. And people were like, does that mean they'd recast or whatever? Mm. Based on the article, based on the quotes, and the reason I wanted to read that out, it does sound like it would be a revival. It'd be about bringing it back. Mm-hmm. You know, get the mm-hmm. show that was as it was back up and running again. Um. Do you have any trepidation that even if you, all those elements that you wanted to come back came back, what it would look like after... So, when, when, was, when did it finish? When was it cancelled? Oh, I can tell you. A million years ago? A, a million? Um, Within the last, like, 10 years-ish? Is oh, it that long? It's not that long. It Maybe, like, five or six years, I reckon. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. So, with that amount of time between it finishing and, and a new season... Does that bother you at all? Does that worry you? Nope. Nothing at all. No, doesn't bother me. Because I'm if trying. Just same cast and writers. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm trying to think of shows that have done that. For me, the one that comes to mind is Futurama. Futurama mm. ended, did sort of weird movies for a while, then it came back as a show. It was never ever as good. They had some standard episodes, no doubt about How it. How many seasons did Futurama have before that? It was. Four, I think it was four production seasons. It might have mm. been five TV seasons, the way right. they put them out before they ended. Right. And then how many seasons after? Uh, it depends how you look at it. If you, oh. The movies got cut up into episodes, into seasons, and then the oh. then the actual show. It might have been for another three seasons or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the scope of Happy Endings is much smaller, I True. think. So... Yeah, I don't know. And I never really liked Futurama, so I don't know how to <laughs> react to that. I'm just trying to think of anything else. It's like mm. Will and Grace, for instance. I mean, that, yeah. I mean that, it's lasted three seasons. And it's... It's got back. And it is the same. It's like, yeah. If you like Will and Grace, and I 
you like the new Will and Grace. I need to watch the new Veronica Mars and see what's up with that. Definitely. Mm. Good point. That's happened as well. Is there any... I mean, the X-Files have sort of done it as well. That was a mixed bag. I'm trying to think of anything that's come back and everyone's gone, oh my God, it's just like it was after mm. it, you know, before it left or whatever. Um, is there anything... I think it like- has to be just like it, just as long as it's funny. Well, that's my next question. Yeah. Is there something you would like to see them do? Like, is there something with such a big break... Do you have anything in your head that would be like a cool way to restart this or like... I heard someone online suggested that. I think it might have been Cam Williams, a friend of the show, mm. suggested that they should start it and just pretend there were like four seasons that happened in between that we never saw. Yeah, no, I just think like, that's perfect. I think there should be a time jump yeah. and that we just like jump back in with these people who are insane. I think that would be great. I'd be up for that. I'd, be, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely catch I'm up so with I'm so ready to see Penny Hearts again. Oh, my God. She's my favourite. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, there was another. Tr- there was something else that came out this week that I also got. I thought you got got you excited. Mm. I tagged you on Facebook for it, I believe, uh, or maybe Liam, my brother, did. There was a trailer mm. for a movie called The Hunt. There was, yes. Now, why why would this have interested you, Damask? Oh, uh, just a little known actress called Betty Gilpin, <laughs> my one true love. Uh, so, I'll give a quick quick synopsis. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a very specific purpose, the hunt. Mm. It uh, seems like like a action horror thriller mm-hmm. type thing. What did you think of the trailer? I was pumped. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll watch that. Betty Gilpin just be a badass killing people. Yes. So, it was, all, it was just the Betty Gilpin. That was all. It had nothing to do with like... I mean, that was like 95% of it. Of course it was. She's on screen. Sure. All I can think of is how perfect Betty Gilpin is at everything including, in her entire life. She's amazing, Brod. Including shooting rich elites. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, dream woman. Got some bad news for you, Damask. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I heard this. <laughs> Not long after the trailer was released, there was some deeply tragic mass shootings in America. All too frequent, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And so... That's a controversial take, Brad. Yeah. Well, thoughts and prayers. Mm. Yeah, don't do anything about it, guys. Don't make any practical changes like the rest of the world did when these things happen. Just thoughts and prayers. Uh, There was a reaction, you know, from the rest of the world, from the Hollywood and from like retail stores and stuff. For instance, uh, Walmart have gotten rid of advertising of their violent video games. Not Not the video games themselves. And they didn't stop selling guns. They just got rid of the advertising mm-hmm, out of their stores. Yeah. Brilliant. And also, uh, the studio behind 
the hunt took away or cancelled the marketing for the movie. And then a couple of days later, cancelled the release of the movie, which was meant to come out in September. How do you feel about that, Tomask? <sighs> Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like, why do anything if what you're doing is nothing? Like Walmart... Not, you know, they continue to sell guns. The fucking buy guns at Walmart is so fucking insane. That is terrifying. Terrifying to everyone else on the entire fucking planet. <laughs> that is fucking terrifying. To walk into a store, just, you know, where you can buy your kids' clothes and buy a fucking gun and bullets is crazy. And instead of, like, I don't know, advocating for, like, changing in legislation, a... You know, particularly powerful companies like, oh, I know what we can do. We'll stop the release of a movie that contains gun violence instead of, like, advocating for actual, like, gun control. Like, it doesn't do anything. It's absolute fucking nonsense. They're all idiots and it's insulting. It's absolutely insulting to America, the American people. It's fucking ridiculous. Get rid of your fucking guns. Problem solved. Good law. It's so simple. And everyone knows it's so simple. The rest of the world certainly does. Stupid. And like so much of America knows it's fucking dumb. It's ridiculous. Gun control, gun reform. Get rid of fucking assault weapons. Ugh. So stupid. So you're a bit upset by this. (sighs) I don't care like I don't care about the movie, whatever, that's fine. But just like the absurdity. Of companies and corporations doing that kind of shit is so insulting. It's ridiculous. The the thing I haven't figured out yet that I want to try and track down is whether they're releasing the movie in other like markets. Like you why mean where we don't have guns? Yeah, why wouldn't they release it in Australia? <laughs> like make some money off it, surely. Yeah. Release it in the States when it's the right time, whatever. Just release it here. Put it on Netflix here or something like that, even. Ridiculous. Whatever. So we'll watch ridiculous. it. We don't care. Because you know why? Because just like the idea that video games are the reason that there's violence and mass shootings in America, we have video games here too. You know what we don't have? Mass shootings. <laughs> uh, it just It's just insane. This whole thing of like, oh, like Second Amendment, I need to be able to fight the government. The government has fucking tanks. You will not win. Your argument is invalid. Shut the fuck up. No, that just means that everybody should be able to get tanks. Yeah, let's all have nuclear, nuclear warheads. That's fine. You fucking morons. You're absolutely... Anyone who is okay with the way things are in America with no gun control, fucking blood on your hands, you're all fucking cunts, shut the fuck up. You are killing children. You are killing people. I've got no fucking time for you. You make me sick. It's actually how I feel as well. It is. Anyone who is supporting that things stay the way they are is absolutely just- Disgusting. Killing kids at this point. Um, Anyway- Boy, got TV real there for a reviews. second. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got for us for Topic Hot Topic today, Damas? I just received some very exciting news. Oh, yeah? Very exciting news. So, in 2017, an Australian film was released called Watch the Sunset. And it's a very small, independent film. Uh-huh. It's a one-shot film. Oh, wow. Cool. Yes. That a few of my friends made. Right. Um, so, my friend Michael Gosden, or... Mick, as I know him, he is he stars in it. He co-wrote screenplay. He's one of the producers. He's incredible. And another friend of mine, Chelsea Zella, is starring in it as well. And this film, they've done like the festival circuit and stuff, and you know got a lot of praise. Has just been 
purchased by Stan and is going to be released oh, on there, which is so cool. like a big streaming service in Australia, and it's amazing. So I'm so excited to finally be able to watch it. Do we know? Where I'm it's so coming? proud of them. Um, no, not yet. It's just been announced. They've just bought it from their distributor. But Brilliant. I was so excited to hear that. So watch the sunset. Um, I don't know watch where it's the sunset. Watch the sunset. It's both yes. a direction. It's both like a watch. Watch the sunset. Yes. And a title of the watch, show. Watch. Watch the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where it's available internationally. I'm not sure. I know it's um it is in a lot of festivals, so you can probably just Google it and find out. But in Australia, if you live in Australia, check it out on Stan. Coming soon. Do you know what sort of film it is? Like genre and. Um, so I guess it's a bit of a thriller. Cool. Um, a so one shot thriller. That sounds really yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's about a guy who is trying to break away from his gang life oh, okay. to kind of, um, go back to his, like his family, his, his partner and child. So yeah. Cool. Excellent. There you go. Anything else? I, so there's a show called Preacher. I'm sure many people have heard of it. Based on the watch. comic book series. Sure. Uh, I think Seth Rogen's one of the head writers. Did not know that. Yep. No, of, great news. Of the TV show, not the comic, I don't think. Anyway. Right. As being filmed in Australia. Hmm. Yes. I did know that part mm-hmm. because I have never watched any of it before. Me either. It always seemed kind of male. My friend Ben likes it, I think. Okay. Well, it always seemed kind of male-centric, so I'm like, meh, can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just this week I watched the first episode of season four. Because another one of my friends is in that. And it was... I had no Okay, Damask. I'm really... You know famous people. <laughs> thank you. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. No, so I've never... Yeah, like I said, never watched any of it before. I had no idea what was happening. But she was in it and she gets... She dies in a really brutal way. So that was quite fun to watch. But having watched <laughs> That's a it... a weird thing. <laughs> I love watching you get absolutely But she dies mauled. in a really cool way. She gets like crushed in this gate thing and it's, it's, it's quite it fun. It's so much fun to watch you get squished and all your blood go everywhere. It really was. <laughs> uh, it's, but the show just seems really camp and awesome. So I think I'm going to go back and watch it. Cool. I kind of dig it. Yeah. Uh, did, was it as male-centric as you thought it was? No. No. So there's a really cool... Because well, there's three leads, one of which is a woman and she seems really cool. Okay. So I'm in Excellent. for it. Yep. Another thing I watched this week, mm. <laughs> which is super topical. Um, I watched the first Austin Powers film, rewatched. I obviously watched it as a Austin child. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. There it is. Title. Yes. Yep. Um, well, I tried to rewatch it. I got maybe 30 minutes in, maybe 45 at a stretch. Unwatchable now. Unwatchable. You know why? Cause why? Because I, I was like trying to remember, you know, obviously I loved it as a kid. I was... Remember, I'm like, and I said to, because I was watching with my girlfriend, I was like, oh, one thing I really like about Austin Powers films is that, well, yes, he's like the man, the the main spy dude, mm. is that his like companions, his female companions are always like the physical ones, like they're like the strong ones, and he's just kind of like, he's he does more of like the seduction kind of stuff, and they actually have like the gun power and all that kind of fighting ability. I'm like, that's cool. I rewatched it. Um, the first film. It's just Austin Powers sexually harassing, um, I think her name's Veronica. Liz Hurley's character, yeah. Yeah. It's just constant. That's all he does is just sexually harass her. And that's bad enough, except they write it as though she fi- she's put off by it, but ultimately finds it endearing in every scene. She's like, uh-huh. oh, stop it, Austin. He continues to like openly sexually harass her. And then she's like, oh, you. It's fucking awful. You can't. Yeah. It's unwatchable. It's so, so, so terrible. So there's been rumours floating around for years about Austin Powers 4. Because I think even up to the third, it was making money. Mm. Um, Ugh, and then Mike Myers went on to do mm. The Guru and other <laughs> massive guru. lots. Yeah. yeah, Love Guru. Thank you. And 
I, I wonder if they could do a fourth and like comment on that. Like, just imagine Austin Powers comes to 2019 mm. and tries his shit and just a massive, like, <laughs> Me Too movement against Austin Powers. That I would watch. That would yeah. be pretty funny, actually, yeah. if they could actually poke holes at just how outdated even that movie from the uh, late 90s, 90s is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, it's bad. It's really bad. Interesting. Uh, mm. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. I got a couple of things I want to mention pretty quickly. Mm. I actually went and saw some theatre. Recently, well done. I saw a show called Come From Away. Seen it. Yeah, I know you have. You've worked <laughs> it, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, this is a musical that's currently on in Melbourne at the Comedy Theatre. It started on, I want to say, was it Broadway? Yep. yep. And then I think it's gone to the West End and now this is the first time in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Come From Away is a Canadian musical set in the week following the September 11 attacks and tells the true story of what transpired when 38 planes were ordered to land unexpectedly in the small town of Gander in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. The characters in the musical are based on, and in most cases share the names of, real Gander residents, as well as some of the 7,000 stranded travellers that housed they housed and fed. So, the reason I bring this up is because, first of all, it's just a fucking great show, yeah, which really a good. lot of people were telling really me was true. Really I'm one of those people who, I've noticed when I've travelled, especially to the United States, you go and see a show on Broadway... Every single show gets a standing ovation. Mm. Bullshit. <laughs> Every single show does not deserve a standing ovation. Standing ovation should be reserved for when a show really deserves it. I very rarely give them, especially in Australia. This yeah, people show, don't give them willingly in Australia. They do not. No. I did this time. Yeah. It was... It's a show that... Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are into musical theatre, but if you are at all and you haven't heard this show, or I would highly recommend going to see it, even if you don't like musical theatre... Maybe, maybe this sounds interesting. Go and see it. It is one of the tightest shows I've seen. Yeah. There's literally twice during the show you can actually... There's an applause break. Otherwise, there's nothing. It just goes and goes mm-hmm. and goes and goes. And for so many characters and so many stories it's trying to tell, and there's only, what, like 12 actors or something like that, maybe less, mm-hmm. that are all playing multiple roles, it's never confusing. You completely keep up with it. It's emotional in both like lifting, uplifting and depressing. It's got just got this incredible mix of tones. And by the end of it, you're just so energized. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, highly recommend checking it out. What do you think of it? No, I loved it. So I always, when seeing a new show, look at it with different eyes. Not mm. only like, oh, is it fun to watch once like how will i survive watching this a hundred times times. (laughs) Uh, but yeah come from away is really really good it's like you said it's super tight it's just an hour 40 an hour 40 no interval we went and saw it so we got lottery tickets to see it fairly early on in its run here i think they're trying to go let it go for like eight months or something here which i hope it does Mm, something like that yeah which is cool a little less than that thing but the we saw it on a Wednesday. Mm. It was like a 7 p.m. show. Um, so, you know, it's a Wednesday night. I've got to work the next day. I want to be up late. Yeah. We were rushing to get there. Hadn't had dinner. We were out before 9. Went and had dinner. We're home before 10. <laughs> That's a fucking great night out. Especially on a Wednesday. I was really impressed with that. I know it's like the most I, old person yeah, I thing say, ever. I love how old we're getting. It's But fantastic. seriously, mm. that's awesome. And even if you were just like... You're going to meet friends for a drink or whatever. Mm. Go to the show first. Go yeah. meet them afterwards. You'll have heaps of time. Mm. Like on a weekend or whatever. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's it's a very emotional story. And sometimes like my cynical heart will be like, no, 
But then they always win you back. You're like, you know what? I, you are making me feel that. And yeah. good job on you. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. No, it's a good show. It's a really, and, good show. really well performed. There's one particular actress who plays the pilot. Mm, her voice is incredible. Fucking amazing. Mm. To the point where, like, you could feel... Like, you can just feel everybody completely engaged with this show. Like, no one is, like, mm. moving or talking or anything like that. Except when she starts to sing this one particular massive song. Mm. And everyone's just looking at each other like, Holy fucking shit. This one's amazing. <laughs> How have you cool. not seen her in every show? Yeah, I know. Mm. Crazy, right? Uh, I also went and saw a film at the Melbourne International Film Festival, which is Fancy. currently on, I think it's about to end, called The Art of Self-Defense. Mm. Uh, here's a little uh, blurb for you. After getting attacked on the street, Casey enlists in a local dojo that's led by a charismatic and mysterious sensei. He soon uncovers a sinister fraternity of violence and masculinity while learning how to defend himself. This is directed by Riley Stearns, S-T-A-R-N-S, and stars Jesse Eisenberg, uh, Alessandro Nivola, and Imogen Poots. Um, I know, amazing how I pronounce <laughs> those names. Uh, not a bad little movie. Mm. Not like not like blowing my mind sort of stuff, but... Um, Something I liked about, I think it's okay. First of all, the style of it. It's sort of got, I like to say, it's Fight Club via Yorgos Lanthimos. So, you know, Yorgos Lanthimos? He sure, did The Lobster no. and oh, yeah, yeah. The Favorite and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. So, a ma- it's got sort of like the themes of toxic masculinity and manliness and that sort of stuff going on, but rather than. But sort of done through that weird Yorgos Lanthimos style, where people are talking very plainly and like they're almost robotic in some ways, and everyone's very literal about what they say, and mm-hmm. it's it's sort of absurdist like that. Um, so it ends up sort of being this satire of masculinity that, while obvious and like I don't think you're gonna come away fully surprised, it's just really well constructed. It's a really tight script. It's almost like it's a long joke setup where it starts in one place if you're paying attention you're going to understand where this is going right. but just because you know what the joke's going to be doesn't mean it's not funny or mm-hmm. impactful when it gets there yeah um so yeah it wasn't a bad little movie i think it was it's definitely worth checking out if um you like that sort of style that absurdist sort of world or style of um writing and comedy and stuff like that and uh yeah, yeah I, th- I thought it was really cool I had some cool themes in there and yeah it, it wasn't bad Good little movie. What's it called again? Uh, the Art of Self-Defense. Cool. Um, I don't know where you can see it at the moment, whether it's still just on the um, sort of festival circuit mm. or whether it'll probably end up streaming somewhere, I imagine. <laughs> this to do. The last thing I want to talk about, uh, Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling. So this... Rocco's Modern Life. Correct. This is the short uh, special feature film, I guess you would... Not, no, a special film, I guess you would say. It's only like 45 minutes long or something like that. Mm. It's quite short. Um, that's like picks up. It's like the revival of Rocco's Modern Life. You remember the Nickelodeon show Rocco's Modern Life? Of course. Picks up 20 years after the show originally fe- finished. It feels exactly like I remember the show, just in widescreen now. For better for, or worse, mostly better... Has the same look and feel, including some very silly jokes and a lot of suggestive, if not downright risque comedy too. But the main reason I wanted to bring this up is that the reason, it, what it's trying to sort of say by coming back with this special 20 years later, it's very self-aware. Mm. It's commentating directly on nostalgia and computer animation versus hand-drawn animation, the revival of beloved properties, such as, say, the potential happy endings Woo-hoo! coming back. Mm. Um Fan expectations, reactions, outrage, dealing with and accepting change. It's sort of like 
you could apply like it, it's very aware of what it's doing by coming back twenty years later, mm. by what its fans expect, by what their reactions are likely to be. It looks at things like without saying it outright, you could apply a lot of what's talking about to say how people feel about the new Star Wars films, mm. or you know, anytime there's a remake or a reboot of something that w- this beloved from the nineties. It's very much commentating on all of that mm-hmm. and how maybe we as fans of these things should try and approach these things when they do return. Um, I thought it was quite sort of, not just self-aware, but it was very insightful into what it means to be a creator to come back to something like this hmm. and had something to say by coming back as well rather than just trying to cash in on being Rocco's Modern Life again. You've really sold me on this. I, 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 really I was quite impressed now. Yeah. in that. Because I saw it on, is it on Stan or Netflix? Yeah. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Because I saw it and I didn't realise what it was. I just saw this rock thing. I'm like, oh, cool. Rocco's Modern Life is on Netflix now. That's awesome. And just went past it. But I didn't realise it was a cool new shot. Yeah, I think hmm. if, it, if there's anything weak about it, it's just that it's generally it's like it's Rocco's Modern Life. So it's like how well has Rocco's Modern Life aged as mm. a concept? As a 30-something now, like is it still funny or whatever? And it's amusing enough. Mm. And it like it still does all the risque stuff that I'm surprised it got away with back in the day, which is clever. Was his friend named Heifer? Heifer. Oh, and then uh, is it Franklin, the name of the tur- his turtle friend? Or is that a different turtle from something else? Anyway. Uh, is Franklin the turtle that helps you learn to read? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Anyway, he's still a friend as well. Uh, Norbert or something? Norbert? No, that's one of the Angry Beavers. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, it also has the first depiction I can think of of a trans character in a cartoon show. Mm. And a positive one. Philbert. Philbert, thank you. Yep. Is a positive one at that as well. And how is it really well? Mm. I was watching it with my brother and my girlfriend. They both commented just like, Oh, that's really cool what they did mm. and like that's how nice. they did that moment. Yeah. So I definitely think if it's something that you're curious about at all mm. or you have feelings or feel like there's just too much of this sort of 90s nostalgia reboot stuff going on at the moment, give this one a try because I think you might be surprised by um, by what it's trying to say. And it was funny because online on Twitter, I saw someone was talking about this trans character that's in the show and underneath was someone commenting, this isn't positive representation. It's just... The uh, like destroying a beloved character and was like, you have not watched this because you have you. If you did watch it, you weren't paying attention to what this movie was. This show was about, right? Like, yeah. is commenting directly at at you specifically. <laughs> is talking to you, Fred. You, sir. You. Mm. You should watch it and pay attention. I think that's it. I think that's all we need to talk about today. Cool. I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. We'll be back next week to talk about The Handmaid's Tale season three. Till then, thanks for listening. Catch you later. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.